If you follow me for any time, you know that I'm really strict about rules-based trading. You also know that I believe in intuition. In today's podcast, we're going to talk about how you have to earn your right to shift from one to the other. Yeah, I would say this, though. I, I told this to Stuart the other day. Um, Stuart was one that asked the questions about uh, candlestick colors and, and and the psychological effect. And he says he, he has a bunch of questions that, that are very similar, that are really, really kind of small. I would always say this. Um, Don't waste time on, I don't want to say the insignificant stuff, but the stuff of lower significance if it sacrifices the the more important stuff. So I I never want to tell anyone like, hey, don't invest time in in candlestick colors and and like understanding what candlestick colors are best for you. But the question you want to ask yourself is that the time invested, right? Opportunity cost, the time invested in researching and analyzing that could it be put to better use working on something more important? Now, if the answer is no, right? If you're a consistently profitable trader, you've been doing it for 20 years, you got nothing better to do but do research on candlestick colors, then fine, yes. But if you're someone that doesn't have a completed trading plan or haven't done back testing, the question is, is it worth digging into something that's gonna have a minimum minimal effect if it sacrifices the time you could be using to do something more beneficial? So feel free to look into it. Just make sure you're not sacrificing something more important with the time you're using to create rules for something that may not, may or may not have a massive advantage or disadvantage to your, your trading. Does that make sense, guys? It kind of follows up on the conversation we had earlier about kind of getting sidetracked by certain stuff that maybe isn't as important. Where we try to, I mean, it's it, it, it depends on your personality as well, right? We always talk about trading as an art and a science, and you have you've got art over here, you've got science over here, and this is kind of a a sliding scale of of what you believe is art and which what you believe in science. And some people need some people need to be ninety nine point nine percent rules based, right? So they need to be kind of all the way over here. Um, some people don't. So for the people that need to be 99.9% rules-based, obviously your best shot is leaning towards more of a mechanical system, right? Something like a, a daily chore, something using indicators because indicators are, are it's ones and zeros, black or white. There's, there's zero discretion with indicators. If you're going to be a price action trader, it's going to be shifted more towards the art side. Where you're going to have rules for stuff, right? Because you need to have rules, but there's going to be subjectivity. It's going to be a discretionary style of trading. You're going to have rules that make sense in eight out of 10 situations. And then there's going to be two out of 10 situations where the rules don't make sense. And they either put you into something you're not supposed to be in or they keep you out of something that um, that you want to be in. And that's just part of the game. I think Bobby mentioned that earlier. He said it's always going to have the odd situation where you might not agree with the rules. Yeah, that's it's it's going to happen. 
So I think to it, it's 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 going to happen. And what's funny is this, Bobby: the more rules based you become, the more it's going to happen. It's it's kind of that's it's funny if you think about it that way. The more rules based you become, the more times you're going to disagree with your own rules. Now I'm not saying you you, you need rules. Don't get me wrong, right? You need rules. Or you're going to be all over the place, but. When you end up having, you know, think about it like this. Think about like raising, raising kids is a perfect example, right? How many of you guys are, are parents or, or have like maybe nephews or nieces or cousins that you've ever babysat, right? How many times a day do your kids do something wrong that break the rules? Like if you're like me all the time, right? <laughs> All the time, right? You, you you probably can't count them. Often, often, a lot, a lot, a lot. How many times do you do you discipline them? Do you pit, do you, do you discipline them every single time they do something, or do you pick your battles? You pick your battles, right? Like my kid's over there picking his nose, and he shouldn't pick his nose, and it's like, yeah, you know what? But we'll let it slide this time. He's over there lighting something on fire. Okay, that's where I call the line. We got to, hey, come on. Don't get, get away from the matches. Stuff like that. So it, it becomes very similar to that where you got to pick and choose your battles. And, and, and obviously you, you, you end up gearing towards the things that are more dangerous or more important, but not too concerned with the little kind of minute things. Right? You'd have zero. Yeah, you've had, you've had zero energy. Um, if you if you discipline them every single time they did something wrong, you you would just burn out. So that's very similar to the, the journey again. Unless you're going to be a mechanical trader, of making every single thing rules base, it's gonna it's gonna be a lot of energy. As I mentioned, the more rules you have, the less you're going to agree with them. And the question is, is it? Is it, does it actually, there, there's, there's a level where it stops being beneficial. This is kind of like backtesting and people that add a million filters, right? You can, you know, you, you think each filter is going to help you, but then you get to the point where you have so many filters that either you've confused yourself or you, you can't trade or that you've lowered the frequency of your, your trading strategy so low that it's, it's not even worth it anymore. Whereas like I've got a hundred filters in and now I got a, uh, 80% hit rate, but I only take two trades a year. And it's like, well, I'd much rather have a 60% hit rate and take 100 trades a year than have two trades a year at 80%. So it's it's about finding that that balance, that, that sweet spot. And that's going to be different for different people. Some people are super artsy. Some people are super scientific and mechanical. But it's about, at the end of the day, it's about finding... And creating rules that's going to put you in the best positions the majority of the time not all the time but the majority of the time and then your ability as a trader as a person to accept the times when it doesn't to accept the time where it's like man i want to be in that trade but this dumb thing kept me out or man i don't want to be in that trade but i know it's a bad one but my rules say i have to then it's about managing yourself during those times, um, understanding that bigger picture, larger sample size, things will work in your favor the majority of the time.
kind of like doing the things you don't want to do around the house. Like, yeah, I don't want to do it, but I have to. <laughs> I got to take the trash out tonight. Ah, that type of stuff. Um, also, a rule on one pair might not work on another. Yeah, well, and that's a whole different story. <laughs> that's a whole different story. You probably won't see that as much with, with a price action rule, but like a mechanical rule. You're going to see that a lot. Um, that, that was the biggest issue with the daily chore where so many of our traders broke down the daily chore. And at the end of the day, including myself, I, I think we've come to the conclusion that there's no one filter that works on every pair. It, it's you've, it, you've got to attack each pair differently. And the more I look at it, because I, I was doing some stuff on the SSL um, and, and, and even with Bollinger Bands and whatnot, it seems like on the daily chart, and I don't know why it's surprised, but I never really did any testing on the daily chart until the daily chore. It seems on the daily chart, a lot of your continuation strategies are the same way where it's, you know, and, and it, it makes sense because different markets have different personalities, especially when it comes to continuation setups where you're, you're looking for larger targets instead of kind of the quick in and out. Um, but it, 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 I, I couldn't find a filter that walked, that worked across the board. It was always, hey, it worked on this one, but made these other ones worse. Now, the good part about that, if you're on a daily chart, is you know you get a signal once a day. You don't get that many frequent signals, so you have plenty of time to have custom rules for each situation. Um, it just makes back testing a very tough process. So it's interesting stuff. I remember, I can't remember the quote. Peter Brandt, um, he had a book, um, a Diary of a Commodities Trader, where he talked about him breaking his own rules. And... Uh, I, I can't remember his take, but I think it was one of those things where he, he had some instances where he's like, yeah, I, 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 I knew I was breaking my rules, but it, I also knew I had intuition. Now, that's a line I don't cross, but he's got, you know, 40 years of experience in the market. So or 40 plus years of experience in the market. So he can do whatever the hell he wants. Um, but he had some instances where he would see stuff and it wouldn't be rules based, but he kind of just knew. Right. Like this dollar Canada. Right. Look at these, look at these, look at these bars right here in the 15. You get a lower, low, lower close here. If this next bar, you know, it's going down, but you may not be able to take it because it may not meet your rules, but you know, it's going down. Orsi sent me an email the other day or a Skype message about a, the inside bars on the S&P where it was like, I saw this coiling and I just knew, I just knew you're going to get that. Um, and that's another dilemma that you'll have to face later once intuition comes into play. Um, my philosophy on intuition is make, make it into a rule, understand what your intuition is telling you and then turn it into a rule. Um, but I mean, Hey, if you're, everyone's different. Um, uh, Bobby says, I think it's easier to be more rules based at first early on and, uh, earn the right to add discretion later. Yeah. And I think that's, that goes hand in hand with the, with the intuition. And that's exactly what Peter Brandt was saying, where he's like, you start off strict and then you you earn your right to not necessarily break rules. You don't want to say that, but you you earn your right to give yourself the freedom. And, and that's the the same thing we always say with. I like the analogy of like um, professional athletes, right? When you're a rookie quarterback in the NFL, I don't know how many guys know about football and reads and stuff like that. But when you're a quarterback, you have different reads. So you have like four different reads, right? You look left. You have your number one option. If your number one option is not open, you look a little bit towards right. Number two option, you look to the middle. Number three option, look to the far right. Number four option, right? So you basically go through kind of this process of like option one, option two, option three, option four. 
as a rookie quarterback, they're not used to the speed of the game. They're also not used to making all the reads. And, and keep in mind, the quarterback has maybe, what, like four seconds to do all this? So something that a lot of coaches do with rookie quarterbacks is they come in, they give them the play. And they did this with uh, Ben Roethlisberger, who's a Super Bowl winning quarterback his first year. They told him only go through option one and two. If it's not open, either run or throw it away. So he didn't even look at the other side of the field. He hiked it. Hut, hut. Option one, nope. Option two, nope. Either run or throw it away. They, they simplified it. He had that, th- those were his rules. As he got more experience, right, now he was able to do the full read. Where option one, two, three, four. As he got more experience, he was able to change the plays at the line. So the coach can give him one play. He can sit there ready to hike the ball, and he sees something on the defense. Now he has the ability to be like, no, I'm changing it. We're going to do this instead. But that comes with experience. You, you see the top quarterbacks doing that. Aaron Rodgers will do that where he'll be at the line. Tom Brady does that where he doesn't really care what the coach calls. He gets to the line. He has enough experience to read the defense, and they trust him that he can make the right play. Would you do that with a rookie quarterback? No. Rookie, here's the play. Run the play. Don't change anything. Because they haven't earned that right to do it. Again, same thing. You look at players. Um, uh, always give the EPL example, like someone like Cristiano Ronaldo. It was funny there uh, a few weeks ago when uh, Everton tied him. He came off the bench, and, and they showed this shot of like the coach giving him instructions, and the, the announcers were joking. They're like, "Do you think he's actually listening? Like, do you think Ronaldo is listening to the instructions that this this assistant coach is giving to him?" They're like, "Probably not. Like this guy's been doing it for so long. He knows exactly what he's doing. He's not listening to a word, right?" And he's earned the right where he's free to do whatever he wants on the pitch. Now, obviously, he has, he has guidelines that he works with him, but he can roam. He can roam. He could do this. He could do that. And the rest of the team is expected to adjust, right? If he, if he goes center, someone else cover for him wide. And he knows that he's got to get back in position if he wants to, you know, all that fun stuff. Or someone's going to cover for him. But he's earned the right to have freedom with how he moves. Now, again, you take a, a first-time player, a fresh-like 16-year-old that just came up through the ranks and he's getting his first time in game. You think he's roaming around? Nope. He's sticking right to the script. Coach said, I stay over here. I am, I am not moving from this spot. This is my area. I'm not getting out of it. Because he, he hasn't earned the right to understand the flow of the game and, and, and kind of make the runs that may not be expected um, because he's so new and fresh. So, yeah, I think that's a really good point, Bobby, with, uh, you know, as you 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 earn your right to you, you earn your intuition, you earn your right to I don't want to say break your rules, but you earn your right to you earn your right to discretion. <laughs>